Welcome back to the pod, and I want to say thank you to everyone who's continued to make the podcast grow without your subscriptions, downloads, reviews. It doesn't happen, so we are happy to provide you with near-daily podcasts between now and the start of the season. If you're loving seeing on your phone literally almost every day a new episode of Ion College Basketball, Parrish and I are thrilled to be able to help you with that because you know what? Gets you more geeked for the season, right? You're getting more amped. November's just around the corner. We're getting closer and closer. We're happy to do it. I want to ask you a quick favor, though. If you have not yet left a review in Apple Podcasts, leave us a question, a curiosity, a funny comment. We'll build up a good inventory. I want to be able to give the listeners some love here coming soon. So be sure to try and do that. And let me remind you, the UEFA Champions League is back. Every match streaming on CBS All Access, Messi, Neymar, Lewandowski, icons of today, and the next generation is not far behind. Match day two of the group stage is here this week. You don't want to miss the drama of the most prestigious soccer tournament in the world combined with the world-class coverage of CBS Sports. So go to cbs.com slash UCL. You get to start your free trial of CBS All Access today. The UEFA Champions League, there's nothing like it. Okay. The ACC, interesting league. Is it as good as everyone thinks? Is Virginia definitely the best team in in that conference? And really, what should we expect of Duke this year? Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Thursday, October 29, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. And today we're going to begin a series of previews focusing on the top seven conferences in college basketball. Annually, they are, in some order, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, the Pac-12, the SEC, the Big East, and the AAC. So it's uh, the Power Five plus the Big East and the American Athletic Conference. And I suppose we're going to start with the Atlantic Coast Conference, where Tony Bennett's Virginia Cavaliers are the pick at CBS Sports to win the regular season title. Norlander, um, is it clear to you that Virginia is the easy pick obvious pick to win the league or did you also consider Duke or UNC or somebody else for the top spot it's clear to me and it's clear to coaches in the league that I've spoken with over the past few weeks that Virginia should be regarded as the clear-cut favorite in the ACC this season and this is not a surprising uh turn of events here um given uh that you have Sam Hauser who I think will be Virginia's best player um, who's now going to play this season, and the quality of the recruiting classes. The past two seasons with Virginia, um, within the league, it was expected that Virginia would be good last season. Now, it was horrendous on offense, but defensively, it was the best team in college basketball. But it would be a step-back season last season, and then this season, 2020-2021, was always going to be the season where Virginia was expected to, to climb back in and like almost for sure be a top-10 team nationally. And so, yes, to me, Virginia is the best team in, in the conference. I think we're on the same page, right? Yeah, they they returned three starters from that team that was flawed offensively, and that's the nicest way to put it. They ranked number one in defensive efficiency, number 234 in offensive efficiency, but but they still closed the cut-short season on an eight-game winning streak. So they returned three starters from a team that closed with eight straight wins, and that's eight straight wins in the ACC. That's not easy for anybody to do. And then they also enroll Sam Hauser, as you mentioned, Probably on paper, their best player averaged 14.9 points, 7.2 rebounds two years ago at Marquette. Obviously, when you're talking about the tempo at which Virginia plays, like the the individual like stats that show up 
you know, on a television screen when you're playing uh, aren't going to be what you might get uh, playing for a team that, that creates um, additional uh, possessions or, or just more possessions than the Cavaliers will normally have in a game. But still, you know, Sam Hauser is, is going to be a, a, an All-America candidate, I would think. And if he is, then, you know, Virginia not only has a chance to win the ACC, because the 2020 NCAA tournament was canceled, mm-hmm. Virginia can be back-to-back national champions in a three-year span. I think they, they'd actually be back-to-back. You got to have that little gap there. No 2020, so it's back to back national champions. Yes, and they they are that. If that were to happen, that would just be um, it'd be wild. Uh, it, <laughs> you'd also have uh, we mentioned this I think a month ago on the pod, but you'd have the V schools, Villanova and Virginia, just occupying you know four of the the uh, five or six most recent national championships in college basketball. But they're in position to do it, and they are in the driver's seat. What I'm intrigued to see with this roster is, like, does Kihei Clark, you know, the diminutive but certainly talented point guard, how big of a step does he take? I remember last year I was driving the Jay Huff bus. That had some skidding along the highway, no doubt about it. Um, Will Jay Huff be a top 10 player in the ACC? I don't know. Casey Morsell, I think, is going to be a a top three breakout guy in the league. I am actually, part of the reason why I'm so high on him isn't just Hauser. I think Morcel is going to become like just a really, really good 3 and D guy. As long as his shot gets better, I think that their offense is going to be much better. So I uh, don't want to harp on Virginia too much. we got to talk about a few other teams in the league. But to me, this is like it's Virginia, and then there's a little bit of separation between every other team below them. Did you realize Blue Ribbon, and I'm not criticizing here as much as I'm making I saw a it, note yes. of it, yes, they I have Jay Huff a second team All-American? I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know what's I, going on there. Like I don't I, know. Like I went back and I like I said, hold up, maybe I need to take another look at Jay Huff. And then I went and took another look at Jay Huff, and I was like, nah, he's still basically what I what I thought he was. I mean, we're in the midst of literally as we record this podcast, uh, as we always do, we will have our list of the top 101 players in college basketball, and we're in the midst of, of building out this list right now. I've got I've got Huff on it, but I'm like he's like in the back end. Like I'm just gonna default to what he wasn't last season think that he will take a step forward and I just to me I think we'd be safe to not put him above 80 like I Kihei Clark is going to be on that list before Jay Huff as he should um so that was I'm with you that was surprising and way higher than I would have anticipated Kihei Clark of course uh the person responsible for my favorite pass of the 2019 NCAA tournament no doubt about it <laughs> I still love that play I, mean, just, <laughs> I, I was I, there was something that happened that caused me to talk about it a, a few weeks ago or maybe even months ago. And I just went back and watched it again to make sure I had it all exactly right in my head. And it is amazing that in that moment, he had the wherewithal to understand he didn't have to launch, uh, you know, a, a, a buzzer beater as much as he could make a pass and get a good shot. And that was, I mean, without that incredible play, by him, like the shot. I mean, great, but it was just a shot. You know, yeah. the shot that went in. That play, the Kia Clark pass to Diakite, um, was the play of the NCAA tournament. And I think the thing that you know, without it, obviously Virginia is not a national champion. They're bounced right there. Agreed. And what uh, what will always stick out to me about that particularly is that he was a freshman when he did it. So that's going to kind of be lost. To the, like the play is going to live forever. Um, but to, for a freshman in that moment to do that and, and hit Diakite and then I just uh, 
I, I honestly, you could write a novella about that entire sequence. And I was fortunate enough to be literally in Louisville covering that in the moment. It is a top five college basketball like live experience of my life. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay, beyond Virginia, GP. I, I all right. I, at CBSSports.com, we posted our ACC preview. So here's the order of the top five. Virginia's one, Duke is two, Carolina's three, Florida State's four, and Louisville is five. I think that's probably right. Um, I've got <laughs> I've got questions about Duke. Um, where do you have them in your top 25 and one? I definitely in the t- top 10. Mm. I can look exactly. I want to say it's like eight, but definitely yeah. in the top 10, and it is number eight. Okay, I so I I I'm I still haven't finished my for sure finished order of the one to three fifty seven. I don't have Duke in my top ten. They're flirting anywhere between eleven and fourteen for me right now, which is just abnormal for Duke. Like Duke is annually practically, uh, you know, a top ten if not a top five team, and I just don't have them that high this year. I have talked to a few assistants in the ACC in the past ten days or so, and they aren't all in on Duke either. Um, a lot of questions about who's really going to be the alpha there. Again, this is all relative. They're not saying Duke isn't going to be really good. They're not saying Duke's going to be the sixth team in the conference. They're just saying, how good is the ACC at the top going to be if Duke is really the second best team? Or will Duke even truly be the second best team? Like, might you have Florida State be able to recover? Carolina just surge right back to the number two spot there. They've got a really good freshman in Jalen Johnson. Um, on Mike Krzyzewski's media availability uh, through Zoom on on Wednesday, October 28th, uh, he said that Matthew Hurt had put on like 15 pounds um, and is in really good shape. I expect Matthew Hurt to be their best player. Um, Wendell Moore, I think, can be a top five defender in college basketball. There's a lot there, but I don't know. Um, I'm not seeing as much star power and reliability with this nucleus the way that we have in recent seasons. So I'm just, again, I'm just a little bit of a seller on the Blue Devils uh, at, at this point. Um, but you seem to be just a, about to nudge higher. But we're in agreement. Like this is not, this is not the final four front running contender that we normally see from Duke. Well, I, I did a a piece on this last season because uh, no matter where you have Duke, there is an anti Duke crowd that loves to tell you that Duke is always overrated, and it is the biggest myth in college basketball. Like the safest thing you can do is assume Duke is going to be very good because Duke is basically without exception always very good and so I'm just assuming they're going to be very good again but I did think it was interesting just yesterday Mike Krzyzewski was on a zoom call and he acknowledged that the roster is pretty balanced that he'll likely play more players than he normally does and the way I interpreted that was we don't have RJ Barrett and and Zion Williamson who was that who was that first one and uh you remember him he was a Canadian first team all-american doesn't ring a bell. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so, like, it is true. Like, Duke is not enrolling. Like, they have four five-star freshmen that are enrolling. None of them are ranked in the top ten. Duke does not have a top ten prospect um, adding added to this roster. Um, I do think it's important to have those sophomores, Wendell Moore, um, uh, Matthew Hurt, and I'm with you. I think Hurt, if you're trying to identify somebody who could have a breakout season, he might be a good candidate for that. But I don't think this is a roster at Duke that is talented to the extent that most Duke rosters are typically talented with, you know, obvious top five, top ten lottery picks. 
Um, I still think it's very good, but I, you know, again, I'll just keep it simple. According to the recruiting rankings, they are enrolling four five-star guys, but none of them are ranked in the top 10. The highest rated is someone you've already mentioned, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Um, I will have the same amount of uh, intrigue around Duke in its first few weeks of the season, the way I do with a lot of Kentucky teams, given how much, just the way that this roster is made up with the Blue Devils, I think they could. We've seen Kentucky teams in the past wind up, pretty damn good by March, but, you know, we find ourselves on the second week of December talking about Kentucky, like, we see some stuff here, but it's bumpy, like, that doesn't usually happen with Duke to start a season, it might happen this year, we'll wait and see. Um, Carolina is third on our list, I agree with that as a collective at CBSSports.com, but trivia time! Okay. I'm gonna look up right now, where do you think Carolina finished, don't look it up, just guess right off the top, just two seconds, what comes to mind, where do you think Carolina finished at Ken Palm last season? At 92. 84, not bad. 84th, they were 14 and 19. They lose Cole Anthony, who was responsible for so much usage on that team. They bring back Garrison Brooks, who's the highest returning scorer in the conference there. And they've got some, they've got really impressive bigs. Uh, so I think they're going to be better. But are they really going to jump from 14 and 19 and 84 overall to, if you're a top three team in the ACC, I mean, last year, the third best ACC team per Ken Palm was Florida State, and they were the 15th team in, in America. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. That, that, that seems like a big jump. Not that it can't. Hall of Famer, multiple national championships. Roy Williams doing a great job there. Leaky Black shouts. We must. Uh, we must talk about Leaky Black here, obviously. They, got, um, they, bring, they bring back Leaky Black. That cannot be – you cannot overstate the uh, impact that, that should have on the ACC and college basketball in general. You say that like half tongue-in-cheek, but it's actually legitimate. So Carolina's going to have Garrison Brooks, Leaky Black – Dayron Sharp uh, is tremendous. Uh, you know, Walker Kessler. They've got Armando Baycott. Uh, they have too many bigs. It'll be interesting to see how Caroline, and they always have really good bigs, but they have so many good bigs. Like, um, talked to the UNC staff about two weeks ago, and they said, like, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this. Like, I probably wouldn't have considered Dayron Sharp for a top 101, but I'm told it's it's like he's the second best player on the team right now. So, if that's the case, and I really like what Kessler can do, Baycott is already established. Like, the 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 backcourt play will definitely be the key, but they are they are certainly fascinating, intriguing up front, and clearly have the best front court in the ACC. Roy has won big before with uh, with really good bigs, um, and how they are configured this year versus the other teams that are figuring to be top five is going to be fascinating to see if that can truly be the zag to everyone else's zig and lead to a top three finish. Garrison Brooks was our preseason ACC player of the year. Is that who you voted for? It was who I voted for, yes. He, he was the... It, it was, yes. I, I almost feel like Sam Howard is going to be, be the better player, but Garrison Brooks was the, was the natural pick. So in our rankings, it goes Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, like you pointed out. After that, it's Florida State, Louisville. But you had those in the opposite order, Louisville, Florida State. I, I think you can argue it either way. But you mentioned you talked to the North Carolina staff recently. I talked to somebody at Florida State uh, within the past week, and they were openly wondering – if they, if this team was going to be better than last season's team, and last season's team, of course, won the ACC, and so I, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. But um, in Tallahassee, they think they've got a, they think they've got a team that's going to finish better than than fifth in the AC, fourth or fifth in the ACC. 
what's interesting here is I know, and, and Louisville's also, uh, I think, quietly really in on their roster. I think there was a line after Florida State and Louisville, another tier, if you will, uh, when we get to the teams after that. I Listen, I have been wrong about FSU. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, I, I say it with good humor here, but be it in tournament picks or general projections, I have been off on FSU more often than I've been correct. FSC was 26 and 5 when the ACC last season and lost Trent Forrest, lost Patrick Williams, lost Devin Fassell. I mean, those were three of the team's four best players there. Not that it doesn't still have talent, but um, that would be just a hell of a deal there if Leonard Hamilton could, could make that happen. Um, to combine them with Louisville, real quick, uh, I actually think that <laughs> when you, it's, I think that Louisville can be close to what it was last season. It was ninth in Ken Palm. It went 24-7. and seven. It loses all five of its starters. But, you know, uh, just, uh, again, like, just because we're doing this in real time, like, just, like, David Johnson, Samuel Williamson are, are two names that are, that, in my opinion, need to be on our, our top 101 players. And then they bring Carly Jones in from Radford, who apparently might be their best player and, uh, you know, it could be a 22-point-a-game guy. So, um, Louisville's going to have a different look to them this season. Uh, the top of the ACC is totally fascinating. I really do think it's Virginia, and then the other four we've mentioned almost put them in any order. I can't quite see Louisville being a top-two team in the league. I can't get there, but I think it could be super competitive, and uh, everyone below Virginia there is going to make for an interesting race. We had in our voting uh, Miami coming in at six, and then Syracuse at seventh, and it's interesting, like, you know, last season, I remember talking about this briefly and then, you know, pandemic hits and everything's over. So whatever. But, you know, here's Syracuse again, picked seventh in our preseason poll, ACC poll. Um, in terms of the panelists, some people had them as low as ninth. I think you had them eighth. I had them seventh. So I'm more of a believer than most. But how many times do you think Syracuse has finished in the top five in the ACC in the past six seasons? Uh, Trivia time. I'm going to say zero. Zero is yeah. the answer. 2015, eighth. 2016, ninth. 2017, seventh. 2018, 10th. 2019, seventh. Last season, sixth. Zero top five, uh, top five finishes in the league past six seasons. They're 28 and 28 in the ACC past three seasons they had a surprising final four in 2016 and a surprising sweet 16 in 2018 so that masks some of this but it is undeniable that um for one reason or another you know that's one of the biggest brands in college basketball and it hasn't been operating like one of the biggest brands in college basketball lately it hasn't i'm not i'm i'm not in on them uh Overall, relative to this, I just you know Joe Girard's a, a name that Syracuse fans know. Like if he he's got it like he's he has like um he had a great reputation coming into Syracuse for like how great of a high school player he was and the and the stats that he put up in New York State. He's got to make a big jump as a sophomore. I'm just I'm not in on that. Miami, I am in on. They, I think Miami returns more of its roster than any other team in the league, and they are. I don't know if they're the the dark horse, if you will, but I do think. Uh, I don't even think it's that daring, uh, but I, I went pretty high on them. Uh, and Virginia Tech was the other one that I just went high on. I like to, again, 
every single season, there is a team or two in the power conferences that greatly overperforms or greatly underperforms its expectation. So I like to throw a dart and try and hit that. Virginia Tech is that dart. Um, they lose Landers Nolly uh, to Memphis, who is going to play for the Tigers this season, and that's a big deal because of how productive he was. But as I understood it, like he was productive, but Virginia Tech and Mike Young are still pretty happy with the roster they have this year, and he, he teaches a very fun offense. This is going to be the second year. So I know I'm higher. I We had a big discrepancy. I, I had VT at six. Uh, not that big. You had him at nine. Like that's not that bad. Um, but they were the one that I took. Uh, I took a particularly big chance on. We have Virginia Tech all the way down at eleven. Um, GP, what about Georgia Tech at eight? They have a really, really good backcourt. We were talking yesterday on text about uh, coaches on the hot seat. One we didn't mention, and I don't think he is, is Passner. They should be good enough. I think he's done enough there. I think there was a little bit of buzz last season. They had the postseason ban with all of that. But I do think that Georgia Tech, because of the strength of its backcourt, will be the team that's like the the preeminent bubble team in this conference there. I think a lot of people don't realize how good they can be. But if you want to talk about one squad that probably has like, you know, nationally from the outside looking in, not a, not a ton of expectation, but you could look up at the end of the season and say like, well, holy crap, this team, like they beat Duke. They beat Louisville and they beat Florida State. Like, I think Georgia Tech could just be that team. You know, not that they're going to finish in the top four, but they're going to be the spoiler, if you will. And the uh, last part of my notes that I assembled last night, um, one of the questions I ask is, what's the ACC team that is most likely to surprise us in a good way? And listed underneath there, I typed two words, Georgia in tech. Um, yeah, they were, uh, you know, I have them eighth. You have them 11th. They returned the top five scores from a team that finished 64th at Ken Palm. You know, that's, that's a good place to start. And so there's not a lot of star power there. Um, I, 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 I don't know how much attention they're going to get early. But, yeah, if we looked up in February and Georgia Tech was, you know, top three in the ACC, that wouldn't be the most surprising thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Jose Alderado, Michael DeVoe are the names I know there with the with the Ramblin' Wreck. Just keep an eye on them. Um, just real quick, like down the rest of the rest of the way here. Here's how I have the rest of the ACC playing out on, on my end. I've got Clemson. T- I've got well, I've got NC State nine. Here, this is a jumble. NC State nine, Clemson ten, Tech eleven, Notre Dame twelve, Pitt thirteen, and then I think GP, Boston College, Wake clearly the bottom tier there. Jim Christian. Hot seat, undeniably. Steve Forbes takes over at Wake Forest. Total house money situation there. Um, the one team, when I assembled this, and I was like, man, do I really have to put Pitt 13? Like, I, I, w- I was just, when you do these, it, there's got to be a team for every spot, and I wasn't comfortable with Pitt there. I think I could be wrong about that. And then Notre Dame, I think Mike Bray knows it's a total rebuilding year. So I gave I gave him a spot over Pitt just out of, I guess, default there, but uh, but none of those teams will be competing for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, our colleague David Cobb actually had Notre Dame finishing last in the ACC, which um, is it, certainly possible, but it's just a reminder of how, man, it's a tough league. <laughs> I mean, if you, like, yeah. it's just a hard league, man. I mean, when you are when you are in a league with Tony Bennett, Duke, Carolina, Leonard Hamilton, Louisville, Jim Laranaga, Jim Beheim, I mean, Mike Bray, Kevin Keats. Yeah. I mean, there's some high-level coach. I mean, really good coaches up and down the league. Um, you know, Capel has done it at a high level at Oklahoma. You know, it's a, it's 
He's a guy who had a one seed in 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 the in, in a team that was ranked number one in the country and in, in the Elite Eight. And so there's some really accomplished guys in this league. And it's it's hard to, you know, it's it's some of these jobs, it's almost like you're just fighting like crazy to get to the middle. And that's a that's a great job. Yeah, for sure. Um I, we we might have neglected to mention, by the way, Jalen Johnson was our pick for freshman of the year in the league, and then two other dudes on uh, like let's just give a shout out to the guys who were like Amir Sims at Clemson, really really good, I think a top ten player in the league, and then Xavier Johnson at Pitt, he just like he gets so overshadowed, but he's in, like if Pitt is going to outperform what we just talked about it with them, uh, Xavier Johnson is going to go a long way toward that. So it is a it is a stacked league. Although I will say this, I did include this in my ACC preview. Here's my last note for you. This was it is a stacked league, but how about this? This was mind-blowing to me. If you eliminated the top three teams, and granted they mean something, but just for perspective on the rest of the league last season, take out Florida State, Duke, Louisville, and and Virginia, and NC State was going to make the tournament. The rest of the league was only six games over 500, 178, 172 last season. So it is a good league, but it was not as dominant as some people thought it would be. I actually think it is going to be better this season than it was last season, and people might have mistakenly thought it was like the best league or the second best league in America. That was not the case. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry Meth and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again to the Island College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell somebody about it. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe. And either way, we're going to talk to you again really soon. And by really soon, I mean tomorrow on Friday when we will preview the Big Ten.